The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to a new episode. Oh, don't interrupt, for God's sakes, I'm trying to introduce the show. Welcome to another episode of the Shaken and Stirred Show. I'm Nigel Barker in New York, and I'm with my interrupting co-host, Tom Astor in Oxford, England. Tom, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Nigel, but just so much better for talking to you live from England. With um, your little grandfather clock or grandmother clock tinging away as usual. Everyone, that means it's five o'clock, which means pour yourself a drink, pull up a chair, put your iTunes, Google Play, whatever you listen to Shaken and Stirred on, and let's get down to it, shall we? We have a fabulous guest who is a up-and-coming musician. We're going to talk about him in a minute. But before we get there, Tom, what are you drinking? Well, I've got to actually do the. I'm going to kind of jump. I'm going to get ahead of you here. Booze news. I've discovered booze news. My booze news today is I've discovered something rather amazing. Having done this show for however long, we've been doing it for however long. And, you know, trying to, every week you sort of put together cocktails and try to put together interesting things. And, you know, um, and it's, you know, it's always possible. You've got the internet and everything. I've discovered this app called the Highball app. And I've realized that. This is basically an app that we should have probably put together about a year or two ago. It's got new era, contemporary classics, unforgettables, holidays. It's got all the cocktails you ever want to make on the thing, and it's super easy to use. You literally might can use it. You just click the thing, and away you go. Um, and it's something that we should have, yeah, we should probably have a look at and try and copy or steal or something. I don't know. I mean, it's it's um, it's amazing. So anyway. The cocktail I'm drinking tonight has got nothing to do with the highball app. I've got, this was made for me by Mel, my uh, personal bartender, who I have my, like, um, but not as I said, barista. You should barista. Yeah. Mixologist. Mixologist. Tonight, I'm drinking a De Serrano Sour. Wow. By the way, just by the way, you're, you're running the show right now with booze news before the drink that has got nothing to do with the drink. Um, that the fact that you've just pulled your socks up and you've all of a sudden got a medallion around your neck. I'm wondering whether you're either going to break into song or you are, um, you, you basically have a few of those Serranos already. Listen, no, not really. It's 10 o'clock at night. I've been working all day. I'm, I literally haven't even, st- I haven't stopped. I stopped writing my last word for something else about, well, uh, about three minutes late when I should have been on the show. Sorry. And the reason I was looking a bit finishy there is because there was a ferret trying to clamber up. Um, through my trousers, so I've now tucked my trousers into my socks. Um, and this is what we do in England of an evening. Um, there we go, people. You heard it there. Ferrets are first. Oh my god, on the Shaken and Stirred show, people. So tell me about your the Serrano Sour, the Serrano Sour, um, Amaretto, two ounces of Amaretto, one ounce of lemon juice, dash of Angostura bitters, an egg white into a shaker over ice. <laughs> and the cherry on top wow so is that a dry shake then first of all with with the actual egg white before you add those other pieces i can ask them questions like that no i don't stuck everything in a shake if i could have shook it over ice i get complicated why do you complicate everything this literally listening to you describe how you make your cocktail it's just like christ who on earth well someone's got a pen and paper and they're writing like that chuck it all into the shaker and then pour it on and it tastes pretty good the fine art of cocktail making from the snapper people. Well, I've got a Sibarita, Sibarita right here, which is in fact a Negroni, but it means devoted to pleasure. The difference about this Negroni, and I'm into Negronis at the moment, as you may have discovered, because I've sort of been drinking a few of them recently, is the fact instead of having gin in the Negroni mix, you swap it out for rum. So this is a rum-based Negroni. It's rum, Campari, and sweet vermouth, whereas a traditional Negroni has gin. And it's equal measures, people. That's why the Negroni is a classic. It's one-to-one-to-one. Although I'm using a Brugal 1888 rum, uh, which is one of the oldest rums from the Dominican Republic. It's delicious, has a fabulous bottle covered in a sort of a net, um, and was created by a guy called Brugal in 1888. So it's like 130 years old. and they have really sort of stormed the market on the rum scene. And rum is the up and coming. It's the new gin, it's the new tequila, whatever you want to call it. And ironically, of course, rum used to be huge 100 plus years ago. 
it then kind of died out, became a sort of sailor's drink. And now all of a sudden it's hitting the market again. And I've got to say, it's utterly delicious. Cheers, Tom. Yes, mate. But for the sake of our listeners, it's not 188 years old, this rum that you're drinking, right? It's decent, nice, no, fresh. It's probably made like last year or something. Hmm. Filthy stuff that's found in some cellar somewhere. Absolutely delicious. All right. You had some booze news about a new app, and it sounds like Highball is an app we should have created. But I think, knowing us, we should probably come out with one called Lowball and um, really no. make cocktails the way you make them. Lowball, no balls, big balls, low balls, and high balls. We got all the balls you want on the Shaken and Stirred show. But I also have evidence of beer drinking 9,000 years ago, people. That is booze news. We, up until now, we thought it was 8,000 years. I didn't even know humans existed 8,000 years ago. I mean, I thought after B, before BC, what were we like, running around like apes? Apparently, we were making beer. So 9,000 years ago in China, they found a spot where apparently in a burial zone, they found these pots where there are traces of ancient beer made from rice and grain, which if you ask me is actually sake, not beer, but they're calling it beer. So it's a rice beer, not a rice wine. And um, it, it, it predates any known existence of beer um, ever before, right? So this is a new thing. It's like discovering a dinosaur people and realizing that dinosaurs were around millions of years before. In the alcohol world, now we know people were in, drinking were at the dawn of human existence 9,000 years ago in China. And um, a, you know, I don't have much more than that other than I'm fascinated. And I think we have a great guest coming up. Let's introduce him right now. Yeah. Drum roll, people. Our guest today was a model, and arguably He's still no is, one. and arguably still is. He's a musician on the verge of superstardom, a genius social media guru, an entrepreneur. Please welcome Sean Pereira. Sean, how are hello, you? Hello, hello, everybody. What's up? Dude, I want to know, first of all, you, you, were, you were highlighting the fact that you were coming on the Shaken and Stirred show. You're in this gorgeous house. You put it all over your social media. And I'm like, oh, my God, you showed us the bar. You showed us where you were going to be doing it. You showed us the, also the fact that you got the time wrong and thought it was going to yes. be doing it at 11 o'clock in the morning because you got the time zone now wrong. I'm in a, look where I am now. Now you're in the closet. Super cool studio. Look, at this oh. is Sam. This is an artist named Sam. They're all in the back there. This is his studio. I thought you were in a closet. I thought... <laughs> You left the house and you're in a closet. Sam. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? We're doing very well, mate. You you could have given him a dressing room. Why is he in the corridor in the closet? What's going on? He has a dressing room, but he wants to be unruly. So I have to let him be free. <laughs> How are you classic. Classic, classic. Hold that right. There we so, go. Sean, while you're repositioning, yes. what, are you, what are you drinking, Sean? So what I'm drinking is the new partnership that I am in called Agave. This is a blend. So we take the tequila from tequila and we press it down, ship it to Cognac, France, and it is blended. So it is a Cognac tequila blend called Agave. Okay, but tell me why. Why does one want to blend tequila and Cognac? Because so, it tastes amazing. Yeah, it, it is very, that's my wife holding the camera. Uh, so it is dangerously tasty. Tequila sometimes has a bite on it. Um, cognac, I don't really drink, but I, I know it's a, a smoother drink. So the blend together becomes this kind of tequila that you don't go, oh my God, that's tequila. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple of questions for you here. First of all, I want to see you drink it. Second okay. of all, I, I want to know why I watched it. I wasn't sent a bottle or a case of it to do well, so I could know what you're talking about. You will about. receive one for sure. There you go. A all case, around not people. A okay. And, and third of all, you know, who created the idea? Did someone accidentally put tequila in their cognac? Because cognac is normally a very expensive drink. Tequila, perhaps not as much, but it's growing. I am right. curious who was the first person to go, okay, tequila and cognac, people? So that is an interesting thing. I think I would probably have to ask my friend Drew because they owned, remember Coralejo tequila, the, the big long blue bottles? Sure. That was their company before. And then probably, well, we all grew up in Newport Beach. So I would imagine bar hopping. Someone said, hey, you spilled your cognac into my tequila. That's pretty good. Let's try that. I don't know the exact, but I will ask him and I will find out. 
Sean, I have, will put money on it right now that that is not the story of how <laughs> this drink was created. And I can't believe it. Here we are, brand ambassadoring for whatever it's called, Argavi, Argavi. Okay, Agave. Oh, I get it, Agave. So, but, but you've come up with a complete story, an absolute fabricated story of someone spilling <laughs> a drink in a bar. Which, by the way, they should probably go with it. It's more fun. Right? Right? I love so it. What, what I'm actually about to do, too, is a reserve of it. So my friend makes um, Paul Reed Smith guitars, a guy named Wynn. And so what he designs all, 30 years of, of the, you know, the research and development for it. He said, Sean, what if we take your logo, which is the sun, we put it inside the bottle with the cognac, the tequilas around it, and when you pour, it actually blends. So we're in the process of doing a reserve of this right now. Interesting. That's interesting. So listen, Sean, let's take us through this a little bit. You've got quite an interesting career. You, and we're, I'm gonna sort of just talk about it for a second, but I want you to take us back because you did do a bit of modeling. You and I were in a similar period of time in history. We were in we the same places for sure. For sure. I'm not, you know, we probably ran into one another. You know, I was probably that really good looking guy that you were intimidated by and didn't come up and say. <laughs> um, I, saw, you know, I, I saw probably, you Sean Franco for rent casting. And there we go. I don't know if you ever did that casting. You had to be in underwear. He wouldn't let anybody wear clothes. Every, so we're all standing there like, really? We got to like walk in our underwear just for the casting? And he'd stand there, oh, and enjoy the whole thing. <laughs> I saw enjoy you in the front. The you went back twice. Yes, I went back twice. I ended up doing the campaign, Sean. So trust me, I, my, my, my motto being Mr. Underpants Man, my logo, obviously, you know, that's what, that's what Tom's <laughs> mother calls me, underpants. I love it. Obviously, look, you've got a music career now. You've got multiple albums out. You've, you're a bit of a sensation, more than a bit of a sensation in Europe. You've done extraordinary things in Monaco. You've got a sort of show out there. You've, done, you've hit the, the sort of big time in Brazil. But take us back. Take us back to who Sean is. You know, where, where do you come from? What, what do you, where did you oh. first decide, okay, you know, I, I'm going to do something with my life? Right. So uh, born in Milton, right next to Pensacola, Florida. Uh, my dad was a fighter pilot, so we're just there for a minute. And then we moved and moved and moved and moved. I've never been to one school more than two years because of the military. Um, ended up in Yuma, Arizona, up till 75, then came back to California. So basically raised in Southern California. Tustin, which was where the big airfield was. There's Tustin, Costa Mesa, Newport Beach. So kind of lived there most of my life. Became a lifeguard at 15. Started that whole career of being a lifeguard. Stayed there. We were the ones with the long, we were the kids that our lifeguard boss loved us and let us have long hair as long as we kept it in the ponytail. So we were hippie lifeguards, basically, up to the point where I decided, okay, I'm 20 something years old. Maybe I should, you know, lifeguard has been going on. Then I say, uh, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? So I, I go and bounce for one night. Here, bring it down just a little bit here, right there. I bounce for one night at a club called, you know, McCormick and Schmick Seafood Restaurants? I've heard of them. Okay, so they're all over the place, but there was a, you know, hey, you need a job. It paid nothing, 70 grand or 70 bucks a night. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll take it after lifeguarding. Let's go. So first night, this guy named Danny said, Sean, what are you doing this for? Why don't you come be my partner in the Monday night promotion we do? Well, every Monday night, my wife would come with all of her sorority girlfriends after their meetings. And they would come and come and come. We lived on 39th Street and 38th Street in Newport Beach. They had seven girls. I had six guys. I didn't drink. I didn't do it. I worked five nights a week in the clubs. We were just, you know, we were Orange County's top place to go. So one night they said, I think you're our neighbor. I said, oh, really? Well, guess what? Here's a VIP card. <laughs> Ended up that they were my neighbors. And I saw Candace. I was like, wow, cool. Uh, well, my son's here, but nice natural boobs. I loved her hair. I was like, I like this girl. So I so every night at the end of Wait a the second, night, that was your pickup line? Nice. <laughs> no, my pickup line was Reasons by Earth, Wind & Fire was our last song all the time. Every night at the end of our club, we played Reasons um, by Earth, Wind & Fire. And I said, hey, Danny and John, the DJ, and I was like, I'm going to go ask for the dance. I'm going to go ask for the dance. And I did. And it was awesome. And then I didn't really see her a little bit you know, for a minute. Then I we said, hey, let's go to the beach because we all live right on the beach. I did a day with her. And then my buddy kept saying, Hey, dude, what are you going to do? Keep folding towels in the club? Because we had black lights and like all these sheets and everything. And uh, I said, no, I'm going to come to Milan. Let me just get a job. 
So I kept going to a couple castings, couple castings. Next thing you know, my first job was a Miller beer job. So I was the Latin Miller beer guy holding up the cooler that obviously had nothing in it because it was completely sideways and all of it should have spilled out, <laughs> but it didn't, you know, old school CGI. And then I got uh, the Crystal Light commercial. I went nine days to Kauai. I was the only guy in nine girls. We shot it. I actually was playing in the pool, life journey again. I got in the, um, with two kids. I get in the, the uh, elevator and the woman goes, uh, I saw you playing with my kids and blah, blah, blah. Are you, you're here for the commercial. I know that. I said, cool. Who are you? Well, I'm the president of Crab Channel Foods and you will be in the spot. Those are my kids. And I said, ooh, lovely. So that was done. Dove off the waterfall a bunch of times. Had a two, you know, the YMA baseballs. I was like, hey, don't do it, man. Don't do it. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I grew up in Lake Havasu, diving off a 50-foot, you know, the big cliff there. Didn't have water coming off. But anyway, did it. Loved it. Then I said, I met, actually, I hung out with Candace on 4th of July. Uh, my roommates, all nine of them, were going to, uh, and a couple other buddies, were going to Costa Rica. And I said, I kind of want to stay and meet this girl. And, you know, I think I'm just going to say, Sean, all we want, because I'm a big body surfer. Just come, take pictures. We'll pay for the whole trip. Yeah, I kind of like this girl. I'm going to stay. So I stayed home. We hung out, had a great time, and ended up two weeks later, my buddy was like, come to Milan. And I was, I, I literally knew her two, three weeks and said, I'm leaving for Milan. And that was it. Took off to Milan. I had the, that crystal light money going. I went there and nothing happened. I was huge for Milan. I went Canali. I went to one casting for Canali and I swear that the suit jacket came up here. And he looked at me, I looked at him, I said, Alona, that's that. Like, that's not gonna work. So I just kept going and finding out where the Can I ask you, people were. Did you did you enjoy modeling? Did you enjoy the uh, whole I still do? I actually just I look, just shot the new Camilla Soretti campaign. Uh, in my pool, which is going to have, I won't even say it now, but it's going to have a couple of very special covers uh, coming up. We were, you know, Harper's Bazaar stuff, and there's some very cool things coming. Have you got any advice tonight about, um, you know, about, about how you how you keep it, stay in the modeling game? Um, he's how, been out how? of it. You know, I'm going to tell you one thing I did. I started writing songs with a new gentleman named uh, Steve Dewberry, who wrote the, um, the Grammy track, um, I Don't Really Want to Fight No More, for Tina Turner. He's a vegan. So we've been writing, I'm on about track four with him. And he said, Sean, eat one time a day, your autophagy will kick in. Your autophagy will help you lose weight. I lost 35 pounds in the last, I'm gonna say 19 weeks. And the first 14, I didn't drink, I didn't do anything. I said, you know what? This is not working. I'm not losing weight and I'm sober, I'm not happy. <laughs> so, but the autophagy for sure works. And the one meal a day of either vegan, or, I mean, I like red meat, so I'm a steak guy. I did, he did make me watch that special Seaspiracy, which will make probably anybody not eat fish again. And I'm a big fish lover. So if I can narrow it to that, it's try to eat well. I work out, I do that thing, but it's the diet. The diet is 85% of it. So what are you so saying, Sean? Is, there's hope for you. Sean, no. you're, you're, telling, you're telling me that I need to go on a diet. Is that, that That's the secret here, is that you're telling me that I need to stop eating and have one meal a day, and somehow that's gonna relaunch my modeling career. But I didn't say stop drinking. You didn't say stop drinking. So you like the fact that I'm a part alcoholic, but you're not you're not sure if I put on a few extra pounds and it suits me is what you're trying to say. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so either way, so the, so the modeling kept going all fun. I started traveling around the world a little bit more. And one night in Jamaica, my buddies, you know, I'm actually this shop, the, the designer is Jamaican. I, I got on stage and I didn't realize it was the whalers and some other people. And I kind of started singing a little bit. I'm like, man, that was really fun. Didn't think much of it. Went back home. And now this is, I don't even know what year that is. Candace wanted to learn guitar, my wife. And so we went to Guitar Center, met a kid. They said, hey, there's this other kid that teaches, you know, or show you how to play guitar. I went and met him. He said, do you sing? No. Do this? No. Do you write? No. Yeah, well, I write. I write like I talk quite a bit, you know, a couple notes here, one or two. Um, anyway, so based on her wanting to learn guitar, I became a musician and she became a trial runner. Well, thank God someone's going to bring in the dough to pay the bills. Hey, there's a new track coming that we just wrote. And she said it. And I said like this, honey, can you say that into the phone again? You know what? Blah, 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 blah. Doesn't pay the bill. Doesn't pay the rent. So I wrote everything. I see you in the phone booth. You ain't Clark Kent. And blah, 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 blah. Doesn't pay the rent. Selling me a dollar and you ain't got a cent. And blah, 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 blah. Doesn't pay the rent. There you go. <laughs> There you go, people. I'm trying to tell you. That's how, that's how you write a song right there. <laughs>
But you know, so I, we played that for the guy that's making the guitars. He said, "You just bought a house with guitars. You bought it because we're gonna get some very fun people to actually sing it." But it is, it is on. And in one hour, the guitars guy sent it back. Steve sent it back to me and said, "This is it, man. You just wrote that one." So yeah, very funny. But now I'm a, you know, I, you can listen. I just always call myself Sean. I like life. I love life. I love to do tons of things in life, and it's one of them. It's one of the things I enjoy. Creativity is another one, uh, and, and thinking and doing and you know coming up with ideas for uh, I don't even know concerts or whatever it is. I, I just enjoy the creative process of it and music. I mean, I was the kid with 19 crates of records that thought at 37 years old I didn't start doing music until 37 that I wouldn't touch it. I would just be the kid that was a fan. So for me to have that, you know, I have to thank her for it all. And most of the tracks I write are based, you know, on some form of, uh, you know, us together, um, you know, me screwing up somehow. I can't imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine. So my friends tell me, you should just say you're unbelievable because it's really, and you can ask her how many times a week or a day that she has to look at someone in their, you know, face directly and say, it actually is all real. He's not. No, it's just, it's not that you're unbelievable, it's that you're ridiculous, which is completely different. I, I love it, actually. It's sort of, you know, you, you are one of those people who I, I hardly know, but I feel like I know you really well. It's very weird. Since the first time I've spoken to you, you have like... You spoke with Steve. Remember me and Steve, spoke in with Steve in the car? I was with him, and even he was rolling his eyes, but at the same time, loves you. And it's one of those things no, where. was like, Nigel, can you please talk to me? Like, what's this assistant thing? And blah, blah, blah. And he's like in the back with a shovel. Because when you said, oh, that's my wife. <laughs> I've been sweating. Hey. They talk about that all the time. Steve's like, you don't even believe the hole he was digging himself. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, listen, it all comes from love. And that is the reason why she's, I laugh every day. It's like, what is my problem? We can live in a tent wherever you could be. And I have that love. I mean, listen, when we play the game sometimes, what would you do when you get to the pearly gates? You know what she said? She wants to hear? Sean's right over there. Like, I won. No, what that means is that you die first. Otherwise, you wouldn't be up there, mate. Sorry. So she's just so she's into the pearly gates. She wants to know that you died before she did. Sorry, mate. I don't know. However, you can read it out there. Or it means that you're on the other side like of the gate. You haven't actually got in yet. <laughs> she goes, I like that. So either way, so yeah, so it's been a wild thing. The music has become so crazy because three years ago in St. Bart's, I'd seen the family film, uh, family festival, and there was Nicholas said and and uh, Mr. Luke there, they were a duo. We ended up meeting, we actually did an album together, um, uh, 2019, ended up going for two days, number one on iTunes France, which we never believed. They called me in Newport Beach at our beach house. I wrote the entire album with a bunch of my friends. They said, you wanna do the title track? I did one, then I did two, then I did 10. And I brought a bunch of fun people. Mark Goodman's daughter, um, uh, Spencer, who was, remember he was the very first DJ from MTV, the guy with the curly hair. So I did a bunch of really fun stuff. It, two days, we took everybody out. David Guetta, Avicii, everyone. We couldn't believe it. Then we had um, a change. They, uh, um, Luke wanted to go do a different um, idea, like a little more happy house. We went darker. So I went with Nico and started doing electro, deep electro soul. Now, Nicholas is the Prince of Monaco's music director. So that's how the drink got on the menu. Uh, and at the Blue Gin, the Love and Sunshine. But okay, so, go jumping all around here because there's a lot of stories going on here that not everyone knows. Well, there's about. a whole bunch, but I'm getting to the last three years is really the, the dance music came. And so within all of that, hitting these numbers and doing these crazy things, I mean, it just started going. And from the really from Blue Gin at Monte Carlo Bay, the Prince's number one resort there, that is like the headquarters. That's where Nicholas is almost five days a week. We do most of our business from there. I'll be there in two weeks. Um, I'm doing a whole bunch of different things, but so from there, Sean, can we use one of your songs? Sure, which one? The Love and Sunshine. What are you going to do with it? We'll show you. Here, I sent you the pictures. There comes the picture of the song as a drink on the menu. The next day, it went number one drink in Monaco. Then they said, how about when the roulette table spins? What do you think we do with that? When it hits double zeros, the whole casino, the James Bond plays my song. All the champagne comes out, my song plays. I said, can you video that? Can't have a camera in there. One of the girls held it low and I got a video of the whole thing. Unbelievable. So all of these things. Another guy, my friend Chris. So he is a guy that's the head salesman in the world of BMW. Okay. He says, Nicholas, I have an idea. Maybe. 
because BMW is a family-owned company. They wear tennis shoes and, um, you know, it's not a big corporate kind of thing. It's a family-owned business. His buddy, since nine years old, is the head of all communications at BMW in Stuttgart, right? Here's, give me 10 words is what I said. I flew back home. We had just written the second part of our second album. Let me uh, have the words. Sends me 10 words. In 10 minutes, I got the song. I send it back to him. We start doing the music. I come back. And we have, you know, he's, he's famous on, on Duck. Come to my, he only speaks English very, very little, Chris, do shit, Duck. And he sends me little emojis of the duck. So we have, go have Duck. He says, I have a surprise for you. What's a surprise? I'm going to make 600 wood, beautiful boxes and a USB key. You're going to curate it. What does that mean? Me and Nicholas are going to pick the 10 tracks, right? So we do that. Then it's making the sales go. Now this is 19. This is, no, excuse me. Uh, February 13th of last year, of, of during right when COVID was going to hit, of 2020, right? I fly home. I'm at Lake Havasu. We're on the boat. They call me. They said, Sean, you're the official sound of BMW. They've taken your track all the way up to the ranks. And you were the, what does that mean to me? I don't know. Great. I love that. I'm crying. You know, I'm an emotional dude. The next thing I know, I go back and they said, come, come film the documentary. So there's cameras all over Monaco and the salesman, they don't tell the salesman. A salesman is like trying to sell me a car and saying, hi, Candace, in the backseat, thinking the cameras are for my wife back in California. He shows me the entire, how this works, the brand new, it was when the i3 came out, right? I get in the car, you can see all this on YouTube, just search my name. You hit the button and I play, you have no choice. So we are now built into the fabric of the car. When you hit from Monaco coming this way now, the second you hit start, end of code plays, our song Movie to the Future is the track we wrote for them instantly plays. He now actually just got a job at Xerox. They paid him to, to leave. What's he say? His his thing message to me is a video. Uh, last week, he says, Sean, it, it's not coming out. You, are, you will remain, you are, and are going to be the official sound of BMW. And we want new songs for Xerox now. So now I'm ready because he's going to move to Xerox Monaco. And now I'll do. So it's all these internal flames that just keep coming. And I'm not, I don't have an agent. I'm, I'm, I just got my my actual manager, his, his kid goes to school with my kid, Steve Hartson. They're, they're in the same school, Topanga Elementary. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's just break this down for a moment because there's so much information. You've got, you're like a, you're, you're like a wealth of knowledge, but you're also so infused and passionate that yes. you're like a mile a minute. And so it's like, I mean, you listen and break down everything you're saying. <laughs> there's so many extraordinary like comments that come out that I'm like, wait a second, did he just say that? Wait a second, did he just say that? So take us back for a second. How, go back to Monaco. Okay, you have your cocktail, Love and Sunshine cocktail, which is like the cocktail at the, in Monaco that plays when everyone gets double zero on the roulette table. Yep. Very fond of you. How the heck do you know the Prince of Monaco? So, interesting fact. Prince Albert wanted to be a musician. He didn't want to be the prince. He wanted to be a musician. So my buddy Nicholas has been around for quite poor, a long time. Poor Prince Albert. Sorry, I Albert. I knew that was don't be a rock star. You gotta be a prince, right? So he's a fun dude. So we, so I don't know the actual way that Nicholas met him, but it's been years. And all of a sudden, he he DJed one thing and DJed another thing. All you know, the boat shows coming up. So we have a big, a couple of really big surprises. I can't say all together yet because I don't like. I like to talk about it after it actually happens. Um, but some really cool things at the boat show are coming up. But he go start going and. DJing all these boat shows all around. There's only 19 places in Monaco that you can go. Buddha Bar, um, the sporting club for the bigger shows, uh, Jimmy's, uh, Blue Gin, you know, and all the, all the little uh, kind of things. It's, it's the SBM. So it's the, it's the, what do you call it? It's the municipality of, uh, of Monaco. Have The Prince has a group. And there's 19 different clubs and beach bars and restaurants in it, right? So within that, within that, there, um, Nicholas started DJing all of them and DJing another one. And, he, and then obviously he said, Why don't you be the music director? No, 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 no. You know what I mean? So, oh. how we knew the princes on a, on a different level? Because Nicholas has been around him for a long, long time, right? So, that relationship was nurtured through music, really. And my partner, Nicholas. He's there five days a week when the prince comes, they're scrambling everywhere. And Nicholas, hey, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just a, a very rare, interesting fact and nicholas is a street kid man he this guy came from you know they were there there was another big thing i gotta say but he was living with a guy named hervé desjardins okay back in the day when they were nine and and, and a little bit older they had to put coins in number 27 to pay for 15 more minutes of gas 
Okay. Now the deal that we just are sealing that I, I did yesterday is have you ever heard of immersive sound? 3D yeah, cool. spatial audio. Hervé invented it 20 years ago. And now everybody wants them. So he called me. I, I feel like I'm in that right now. I feel like I'm in immersive sound right now. <laughs> Whereas most of my guests find themselves in a quiet little spot with no other audio, I can hear all kinds of other conversations, people walking by. Right. There's like a, I mean, my I might as well have a ferret climb up your leg for all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Although with your so laugh, imagine... it sounds more like it might be a stray little sort of Macau monkey that goes up all your right, leg. Right. <laughs> so imagine this. So. I just got off the phone yesterday with, with Hervé and we had a long conversation. He's being pushed massively by, you know who Jean-Michel Jarre is? Of course. Okay, so that's the other partner. So, you know, this is the guy, yes, this is the guy charged with a 3.5 million person concert, the biggest concert ever in the world, is Jean-Michel Jarre. So he is pushing Hervé, we are pushing together. I go and sit with the directors of, so Hervé's shop is at Radio France. Okay, he, his whole network, everything he built is at Radio France. He said, Sean, these guys are calling me and asking me to do this. So if I can explain it the easiest way, Airbay has the sushi fish. He created the fish, which is immersive sound. He also has the best sushi knives, how to chop it up. And all these other companies, Apple, uh, Warner, they're all trying to have their kids chop it up and they don't know how. Airbay's a quiet dude. He's a, he's a big guy, but he's, Sean, you deal with the business. Well, what do I call it? You and me. Wait, you want me to call it you and me productions? No, let's figure out a name. So me and Nicholas and Airbay are on the phone. So we came up with End of Code Immersive Entertainment Group. So this is my hat, End of Code. My, that's my latest tattoo. End of Code basically means what I do in concert. If you believe in peace, you do this. If you believe in freedom, you turn it to the side. The end the codes we've all been taught to live by. Why can't we create new ways of living that aren't within these codes, right? So on the 28th, I fly from Nice, I'll be in Nice, to Paris to sit with the directors Radio France to do the deal where we are going to now start re, rec not recording, remixing all of the big, big catalogs, huge 15 years worth of work. So he's going to do a couple of my tracks first to show me what this is like and how this goes. And it's going to be, I mean, he said yesterday, Sean, when you see it, you will experience what it is. It is 18.1. We have, we, you know, it's so one is bass and the 18 speakers around you and they can move your voice everywhere and all over the place. My son and Dewberry's kid and my friend Sahar, who, who owns the jewelry line, they got to sit in the very first $440,000 immersive bed. And you lay in it, you think you're in a spaceship. And, and I asked the guys, L Acoustics, I said, hey, Dave, is, is this the first kids that have ever sat in this? There's only four in the world, one in Dubai, one off Westlake Boulevard, one in uh, 20 minutes out of Paris, and I think Asia, they said the other one was. There's no other ones. They just started making these, and these kids last week got to sit in because what we're doing is taking the El Acoustics, which is speakers that Airbay loves, and using his sushi knives with those speakers. And now we have Paris. Now we have Los Angeles. And we're creating all these spaces to start remixing everybody's music. So I'm talking entire massive catalogs will be, all we need is the stems, which means like the track, like the bass, and the this, and the that. And Airbay how remix. How do the sushi knives play into this? Because, because the easiest way to say it to me is, he made the fish and everybody comes with all their techniques, right? The sushi, how are you gonna carve that fish, right? And I told everybody that yesterday, he was dying laughing. He's like, Sean, you realize that I love Asian food and sushi. And I said, well, that's what I use to describe what you do. You have the best knives and you made the fish. So imagine immersive sound is also the next level of things, which is basically there was mono and then stereo. And in two years, there will be no stereo. It will only be immersive sound and it's us. We have it. We have the guy that invented it and we are all now in partnership and Radio France has given us what's going to happen with them is they're going to be the full capacity of their magnitude. They're the largest conglomerate radio station in the world and the smartest engineers. Now that's at, you know, on our, on our team, in our court. But what can, how can a regular person enjoy immersive sound? Any, no, it goes into any speakers. You can go into any speakers and, and you, you'll be able to hear it through it because it moves around within it. So that's his big um, speciality is that he can take that immersive sound and put it in two speakers. So it can move actually around, it functions around within the mix. You don't have to have 18 speakers around because when you do, it's very crazy. All you hear is another one. And you walk around the room and they can take the vocal and chase you all the way around the room. So, you know, the O2, the O2 arena in London, that now has L acoustics, 
So the speakers I talked about at air-based technology, the immersive sound. All the Omnia clubs now have it. And I believe the Hollywood Bowl is the only other one. So is so, this something that's going to hit cinemas and, and movie houses around the world? We're, too? All, we're all over that. That's what's coming next. Amazing. And so your music, I, I mean, I've listened to a lot of your songs and End of Code and all the rest of it. And it, it seems that that would play very well into that, right? It would really play into that kind of sound. Is that something, I mean, you know, obviously, look, you've obviously played a lot of clubs and a lot of scenes with pandemic. Have you, has it been very hard for you to play in the pandemic <laughs> when people can't go to clubs and they can't meet in, en masse? So I would say for me, the most beautiful thing about the pandemic is I actually learned to record myself. I didn't know how to do that. I also, I'm a writer, so I, I popped out 70 tracks. What I mean, every day, I mean, I released eight tracks just in the last nine weeks because I'm a, I can write. So that's one thing where everybody's like, wow, how do you do that? How did I said, no, I mean, uh, we're fortunate. We live up in the hills of Topanga. We have wide spaces. We can hike 26 miles right out our back door. We are, you know, we can see the valley, but we can also see the ocean. We're nine minutes from the ocean and, you know, seven minutes to uh, Ventura Boulevard, <clears throat> which is lovely. And... I created, what was funny, we had a school, a law firm, and a recording studio, and a live space all in our house. My whole entire downstairs became the recording studio, and upstairs is where I did the vocals for quiet. And you believe me, you can't even imagine how many times I pulled out the money. Griffin, just three more minutes, i got to get this vocal done. Can you stop the Xbox for three minutes? I can hear it in the, because I use the Neumann mics, the Neumann UA7. It picks up the neighbor, you know, sneezing five houses down, right? So I would say the pandemic, you know, in the weirdest way, it was, you know, thank God we're healthy, but it actually was a good thing for us. It made you rethink things and rediscover things that you didn't think about. If, if you had the capacity to do that and stay healthy and, you know, loving and, and open in your heart, you could get a lot of stuff done. So it did not hurt me. We actually gained. I mean, I went from, <clears throat> we just did that Ibiza Global Radio. That was the big thing that I did last week. So we sent out SoundCloud. We're crazy. We sent out SoundCloud links just to different people. One of them, actually two of them, one of them was Art Bat, Arthur and Matthias out of Kiev. They're the number one band on Spotify for electronic music. Inboxed us. Can you send us the stems? They were doing a remix. They were signed by David Guetta at WME. These guys are going great. Another one was <clears throat> Jose, the head of Ibiza Global Radio. So Ibiza Global Radio is 16 million monthly listeners. And he also is the head of Space the most awarded club in Ibiza and Tomorrowland, one of the gigantic festivals. Sean, can you, can you do a one hour set? Nico, can you do it? He's the DJ. I'm the singer and the writer. We do it. And me and Candice are in our front room with a big screen on. It's playing on Bastille Day. They gave us the Bastille Day set, like five o'clock, perfect timing, afternoon in Ibiza, right? Instantly, the whole room of DJs starts in there in Ibiza, starts going, whoa, amazing. Who's the vocalist? Who's the artist? Because typically <clears throat> DJs buy the vocals. They don't sing. And I said, no, 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 it's me. And they just flipped out that I was the vocalist and the lyricist because in a typical DJ duo set, they're DJing, they're not singing and producing and, and writing, or they're producing, but they're not typically writing the tracks, which taught me that, wow, we've got a niche here. We've got something different because now they're asking me to do labels with a mini visa. The guy from um, uh, Barcelona Radio asked me to do it. All of them are now saying, wow, you do that? And it's at this level, I, I learned something. I said, wow, I never thought that you gotta be specific and clear because if you don't, if, you, if you're not, they think you bought the vocal somewhere. So that was one of our main angles is that it, it's me. It is me singing and I don't know how to DJ, but Nicholas is gonna teach me what I have to get up there and look like. But I prefer, I'm out there with the mic. I can talk and dance, do all that fun stuff. But, you know, again, pandemic didn't, didn't hurt us. And now we're, we're actually more prepared now to go out which we're about to do. So I go here, then I go to Boston for all of Boston Fashion Week. I host a weekend, it's called, I post that, right? That's 18 and 19, then I fly directly to London. And then I go to Nice, then I go to Ibiza for two days to go with all the guys that are playing my music everywhere at every beach club. And then I come back home on October 5th, my birthday is October 22nd. I have a giant show with the Jacksons new little duo. So my manager, it's like I said, the Jackson. So we have that duo. We've got Andrew who's here, who's the biggest DJ for Omnia. He books everybody at Omnia as well. And on the 23rd, we're going to blow it out in a place called Bakari. Um, and, and that's right there in uh, Silver Lake. Beautiful. Looks like you landed in Tulum. 
Amazing. And it just keeps going. It just doesn't stop. And I can't stop. Like I'm in the city. that doesn't, I keep telling everybody I'm in the city that doesn't sleep and neither do I, I sleep maybe two hours a night. I don't do drugs. I'm not, I mean, I do, I drink, I don't have anything in my system. That, I don't take Advil, vitamins, nothing. Food, booze, trying to sleep two hours a night, but it's really just all love. Like my heart is so full. I mean, dude, you are literally a million miles an hour. I mean, it is, it is quite something else. I don't think I've ever come across anyone who's <laughs> my wife's sort of like hyped up in my life. And, and, it, and it's sort of like, I, I don't even know where to begin. I'm not sure if it's exhausting or, or exhilarating. It, it's kind <laughs> of both at the same time. I'm like, I sort of listen to you and I'm like, I'm not doing the talking, but I'm like, oh my God, am I living this through him? But you know, for a second here, I mean, you know, just to, from, from a more, I look, you obviously have a busy career. You're obviously right. It's very interesting for a lot of people to listen. This is, by the way, this is Sean Pereira. Anyone who's tuning in right now, we're talking to you. He has a incredible, you know, album out, End of Code. He's got a, a really interesting career. But when I listen to you, you've obviously seen a lot of different things happen, and you're you live in the U.S., but you really hit it big in like Europe in, yeah. in the Euro scene in Monaco. Brazil. You've had, and Brazil as well, South America. How is the music scene different in Europe, South America, to, to the US? So I would say that the, it's going to sound terrible, but there's a sophistication and something different about the European scene of music. There's, a, there's an element of, uh, they are alive. Europeans to me are very alive. They're not there. You know, when I go to the clubs, when we go out, it is. Sometimes, you know, and all the beach clubs, children, grandfathers, mothers, grandmas, uh, you know, they're all together. Not, you know, it's a very different thing in America where, you know, Joey goes out at 1130 and is 21 and mom doesn't go, dad doesn't go, his brothers aren't there or his sisters aren't there. So that vibe of inclusion is what I see around the world. And again, <clears throat> there's such an inclusion that I, I joy from it. I just go, wow, look at that. That's why. Everybody's here with me. That's why when I'm going to the club, we did the, the, <laughs> the Shabbat prayer. I was sitting at the Kimberly Hotel on the rooftop and I said, oh, we forgot to do the Shabbat prayer. They were in a, where were you guys at? We were at the Empire State Building. They were at the Empire State Building. They squatted down. I sat there at my table with my iPhone and did the prayer out loud and I could have cared less because I'm not there to impress you. I'm in there to enjoy the, the, the quality of life that you guys you're, are alive. You're, you're Jewish as well then. I'm not, my wife is, which makes my son Jewish. I was raised Catholic, but you know what I'm about? If you're a good person and you've got a spirit in you, that is good, good. I lived with nine guys in Milan in a one bedroom and she stayed in it for three months till we slept in the kitchen on a single bed that folded out. Nobody was the same religion. And we all sat there and said, let's ask questions. And we all didn't, what we realized, and I wrote a position paper on it called Prime Information. If you could have prime information when you were young and realize that you're from there, you're from here, I'm from here. There's all these things that we don't know about each other, but we could learn. Probably the world would grow up a lot more understanding of culture and why people do things in life, right? Absolutely. But either way, so the difference for me is just what I said. It's that zest of life. I lived in Italy 10 years and I never saw more fun coming out of going to Rimini, Riccioni, Alasso, San Remo, Bologna, Bari, Lecce. Elba, like all these places are just alive. People are enjoying life. And I don't see that we have in California, not one beach club that plays music that you dance at nowhere. And I always think I love living here, but like it, you don't go out because I don't want to go to a club. I want to go to Nikki beach or like to one of the, you know, a, a beach club, La Plage, something fun and chill with my family and dance and be in the sun and enjoy the nature. So that would be a huge difference in America that I see is we don't, or for whatever reason, it hasn't caught on here that, wow, you should really actually be living your life. But one of my main quotes that I tell everybody is all you get is dead. At the end of all this, dead is your reward. Rich, famous, poor, drunk, broke, sober, stressed out, not stressed out. Your reward on a long enough timeline is you're out of here. Why wouldn't you live it? Figure out a way to. Yeah, wise words from Sean Pereira, people, right there, live it, <laughs> live right now. In fact, only sleep two hours because you've got time to sleep when you're dead, clearly, you know, go so to bed. Do, so Dewberry, yes, so Dewberry told me, Sean, if you get sleep, it's it goes faster. So it, it spins quicker, you can get more done, because I always think, I don't want to miss it. 
I don't want to miss something, but they, they believe me, my whole neighborhood, everybody in my life, Sean, you've got to sleep. I do try. I literally try to sleep, but I, you know, when you're working around the world, guess what? Then Vietnam calls you, then Paris calls you. You can stay up 24 hours a day easily and joy from another energy that's connecting to you from another part of the world. Thanks to the, you know, the power or, of, or you could schedule your calls at a reasonable time and you could just get a good night's sleep and your, <laughs> and your wife might enjoy you next to her in the bed. Or if you're awake all night, she probably wants to kick you out of the bed because she's like, oh, no, 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 oh, look at her. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you, darling. I, I got you. Camera. I know exactly. I know exactly what she's thinking right now. She's like, yeah, I know. Go, to, go piss off. You're awake all night long. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, I got to be a trial lawyer. I got, I got, exactly I got right. That is true. That is very true. So my son calls me the yapperkin because I'm the American that just yaps all I can. The yapper, the yapperkin. So it is, yeah, funny stuff. But you know what? I've got a healthy self-image, so I can take it. Talk us. Talk to us about the sophomore album. What, the sophomore album? Yeah. So what this is going to be is, and what we keep doing is changing this because what is happening in Ibiza now is this very vibey afternoon loungy feel so what we're on now is this this um natural affair uh I, you know i thought you understood it's this very um chill out it's like what chill out was before there was tropical chill they rename it all the time it's electro electro chill electro pop electro soul um but yeah so that album is a testament to what and how the world has changed from wanting to oof, oof, oof all day long because again most of the places in europe you can't dance right now it's still, you, you can spin your napkin and I see it. I see the cameras playing my music and they're sitting there. They want to do it, but they can spin their napkin and they can't dance. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of them. So that vibe has become, okay, we'll have a conversation and I can't have a conversation to, I can want to like chill. It's much more vibey. So we've been writing that way. And again, I don't plan it when I write it. It just comes out. The lyrics come out. Nicholas will send me a beat, and all. You know, the next thing you know, we're going. And now I'm writing with, like again, with Steve Newberry, much more of a, um, a George Michael, uh, Brian Ferry, Seal style of, of things that I haven't, I haven't played to anybody. Yet. A few people have heard it, but we're just writing it in the last two weeks. So it's the sophomore is, um, you know, you're a little more uh, classic, a little more classy now. They're, they've got to mellow out because of the, you know, the COVID has definitely changed that energy to have a conversation, eat your meal, have a bottle of wine, have your drink. And now you have lounge music that you can actually sophisticated music. You know, it's, it's, it's what most people would go to dinner to, especially in New York. I hear it all day long here in New York, but it's just a little newer version of that. Not by any, you know, it's just how it came out. And again, I, I, I write just to write. I love writing. I just did a track with the, you know, the, the big Eagles writer, Jack Timpson. He wrote Peaceful Easy Feeling, already gone. Uh, his first hit was Slow Dancing by Johnny Rivers. You Belong in the City, Smuggler's Blues, the theme of Miami Vice. Uh, Are You Gonna Stay with the One Who Loves You? Going Back to the One You Love. All the big Eagle stuff. And I didn't realize when I did it, he's my, he called me and said, Sean, he's a funny old dude, like just a great, great man. But again, these guys are big writers that are sitting around because radio's not gonna pay millions of dollars for them to be on the air. And they're not gonna, they don't get the love, but they're still writers. So I get to go write with them. I didn't realize the Eagles album of greatest hits number one it's the most sold album of all time ever yeah. taken out by michael jackson in 20, 2009 for, for thriller in 18 2018 the eagles took it back so my first collaboration is with the top dogs in the world like it only you know you look at yourself and you're like how is that even possible you know i have i have the kid frederick arnaud from lvmh opening up the tag Hoyer store in south coast plaza three weeks ago my buddy dominic says guess what they just opened a story. I go, Dominic, you know, 26 years ago, I was the guy. Who's the kid? Frederick Arnold. I text him on, on, on Instagram. At three in the morning, he texts me back, Sean, you realize that when we look for, thank you, nice to meet you. When we, when we look for a new campaign, we put your picture up. Four days later, his father took over the richest spot in the world. Bernard Arnault that owns LVMH is the, you know, $194.9 billion, took them all out. He's putting up my picture and putting iconic and tagging me in it. He doesn't do stories, he did me as a story. So that these energies, you can't, you couldn't script that. You can't script it. In fact, I think you should stop supporting Agave and create your own alcohol just called Sean Pereira and be, 
could bottle your energy, everyone would drink it, mate, um, and probably have shots of it. Look, at this point in the show, we have something called Last Orders, which is a little rapid fire where we get to know Sean a little bit better. Which, by the way, by at this point, if you don't know Sean, if you don't know the fact that this guy has got more energy than than basically cocaine, um, you know, he he's uh, you know he's the real deal right here. He's just full of energy. Tom, you want to lead us along? All on the quick fire questions. Yeah, they quick fire one 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 answers really. So, so Bart's or Ibiza? Say Bart's. Say Bart's for sure. Well, I was not expecting that. Um, growing old disgracefully or growing old gracefully, feeling younger the older you get, or you never grew up. Which one describes you best? Never grow up. Never grew up. Shocker. Okay. That's a good one. Now, lastly, in the movie of your life, who would you like to see play you? The, 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 the movie the, of my life? Who would play me? Yeah. yeah. Not me. <laughs> you say you. Yeah, himself. He's going to play himself in the movie of his life. He's not going to have anybody else take any of the limelight. Sean, you are a one-man man. Nice. Hang on. Hang on. You're missing something. He's the only second person on this on our show who's ever said that. The other person who said that was a, was a leading psychoanalyst, psychologist. So, Sean, I'm with you on that one. Great. <laughs> the, the last question that the, the nice likes to... He likes to, maybe he likes to ask it because he, he hasn't actually spoken enough on this thing. And I think if if, if I don't get him to give give him the chance to answer this question, he won't have said nearly enough. So, Nigel, would you like to ask the last question? Sean, shaken or stirred? Shaken. And why? It just seems like there's a lot more energy in shaking than stirring. <laughs> and that's it people right there Sean Pereira lots of energy shake it shake it shake it let's exactly. write a song shake it shake it shake it I think we got something right here all right <laughs> check it out end of code um the sophomore album coming up you know where can people find your music Sean everywhere any anywhere you I always tell everybody anywhere you love and listen I'm there there you anywhere go. you love and listen, Deezer, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you anywhere you love and listen, you it's all there. It's everywhere. Fantastic. And check us out on at Shaken and Stirred Show. We're gonna have clips from this episode. We're gonna have um, you know all kinds of little bits so you can listen to Sean's music and all the rest of it. We really loved having you on. You're such a laugh. I can't wait to photograph you myself. Oh, I, I can't wait too. Such a blast. It's gonna be the most ridiculous photo shoot of all time, but we're gonna have so much fun. It's gonna be off the hook. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys so much. So much fun. So glad to, to talk to you guys. And just feel Love that to the family, my friend. Love to the All family. Right, Thank you. Bye, Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken Instead. We will be back next week with another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. See ya.